More to Life is a co-production of Ave Maria Radio and EWTN Radio and carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. Today on More to Life, the pursuit of happiness. Problems stealing your joy will help you discover the path to a more abundant life. Give us a call, 877-573-7825. Everyone says they want to have a great marriage and family and personal life. Well, the theology of the body reveals how you can actually achieve it. More to life. The happiest couples know how to say I do to each other every moment of every day. Surprising. Relevant. Hopeful. Angela, let's not just settle for stopping your son's behavior. Exactly. Let's talk about the kind of young man you want to raise. Practical. Theology of the body-based answers for every part of your life. God's original blueprint didn't include depression and anxiety. Yeah, that's a human invention. God wants to set you free. Let's talk about making that happen. The life you were meant to live through the theology of the body. More to life. Good morning, everyone. You are listening to More to Life on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. I'm Dr. Greg Popchak. I'm Lisa Popchak. And today on More to Life, the pursuit of happiness. We're talking about being a more joyful person and leading a more joyful life. We're asking you, are problems stealing your joy? Well, we want to help you clear those problems off the board and help you discover the path to a more abundant life. Give us a call. The number is 877-573-7825. Again, that's 877-573-7825. If you're listening to the More to Life podcast, you can send us your questions via email. The address for that is questions at moretoliferadio.com. That's with the number two, questions at moretoliferadio.com. You know, I think that some of our listeners might be saying, hey, Pop Checks, it's Friday. Let, you know, yes, I'm joyful because it's Friday. It's I Friday. Get, you know, if you're blessed enough to actually have weekends off, you, you might have that feeling or whatever the night is before a day off, you might be having that feeling. But then comes the Sunday. And the reason we're doing this pursuit of happiness on a Friday is Let's really think about, if you're experiencing that or have ever experienced that feeling, what is it that you're really looking forward to? And what is it that gets stolen from you when you have to go back to your workaday life? And let's talk about how you can stop having that pendulum shift, that up and down thing that kind of gives you that nausea. Because we can figure out how to have more joy in our lives and the fruit that comes with this idea in our lives. So let's talk about that today on More to Life at 877-573-7825. That's 877-573-7825. We're asking you, is there something that's stealing your joy? Are you experiencing particular problems in your life or your relationship? Is stress or worry getting you down in general? Do you wish you could be a more joyful person? Or are you wondering how you could help someone you care about be more joyful? Let us help you break through the barriers that are coming between you 
and the more joyful life that God wants you to live. That's right, and that might come as a little bit of a surprise to some folks that, I mean, you know, that God wants to live a joyful life. People. But joy is a fruit of the Holy Spirit. You know, the, the more we are living in the Spirit, the more joyful we should be. Now, that's different from happy. And we're going to talk about that difference. Um, and as soon as I say that, it's like, well, oh, people are like, oh, of course it is. Yeah, I don't want us to be happy. Well, it's, it's not quite that simple either. Um, but, yeah, we're going to talk about the difference between joy and happiness. Because joy is actually deeper and more fulfilling than happiness. And happiness, more lasting. Yeah, happiness kind of comes and goes um, based on whether we're having any problems or we're enjoying pleasure or what. But but joy is, is a much deeper thing that we're going to unpack here in a second. And a lot of people might be saying, oh yeah, well if God wants us to have joy, what you're talking about, Greg, is that feeling that I get when everything in the world goes away and I'm just at adoration or I've just gone at a retreat or everything disappears except for my relationship with God. We can't live like that all the time. Even cloistered religious don't live like that all the time. They have chores to do. They have work that needs to get done. So how do we keep that joy when we're not sitting in front of or receiving the Blessed Sacrament? It's not all about just spiritual, you know, high (laughs) things. It's about your everyday, minute-by-minute kind of life. But give us a call, 877 Five seven three seven eight two five, and tell us what's stealing your joy. Maybe you're experiencing particular challenges in your life or your relationships. Maybe stress or worry has got you down in general. Maybe you wish you could just be a joyful person, and you're not sure what that would mean exactly, or how to even take the first steps toward it. Or you know what? If you're wondering how you could help someone you care about be more joyful, we're here for you. Eight seven seven five seven three seven eight two five. Again, that's eight seven seven. Five seven three seventy eight twenty five. Every day on More to Life, we take a look at the topic of the day through the lens of St. John Paul's Theology of the Body. And if folks aren't aware of what that is, when St. John Paul was Pope, he gave a series of reflections over the course of about five years that looked at how we could discover God's plan for leading a more abundant life and having healthier, holier relationships by prayerfully reflecting on God's design and creation, especially of our bodies. And as we've been talking about, the theology of the body actually reminds us that, yes, there's a big difference between joy and mere happiness. We tend to think that joy is a byproduct of stepping away from our lives and finding little ways to enjoy ourselves or step away from stress. And while that can be important, and it is important. We have to remember that the feeling we get from that isn't actually joy. It is happiness. And happiness is good, but the problem is it's fleeting. Happiness only lasts as long as the pleasure sticks around or the stress stays away. You ever have that feeling when you're flying back from a vacation or driving back from a vacation? You're like, no, it's all over now. That's because that's the happiness that's caused in that short term. Joy, on the other hand, is the fruit that comes from intentionally trying to do whatever we can to live a more meaningful, intimate, and virtuous life every day. That's right. Joy is is really rooted in those three qualities of meaningfulness, intimacy, and virtue. Joy is the quality that lets us have a deeper sense of rightness and contentment about our lives even when things are a little crazy or you know, not going the way we'd like. You know, whether things are going the way we want or not in this particular moment, joy enables us to look at the big picture. 
It helps us feel good about where we've been and where we're going. And that comes from doing our best to build our lives around the pursuit of meaningfulness, intimacy, and virtue. You know, a joyful person is able to find meaning in whatever they're going through. Uh, they look for ways to use their experiences, good and bad, to draw closer to the people that they love and that love them. And they try hard to see everything they go through as an opportunity to learn something, uh, or at least be a better, stronger, healthier version of themselves for having gone through it. Other people endure life and the problems they face. Joyful people live life and learn from their struggles. So unlike happiness, because joy is a fruit of the Holy Spirit, you can't pursue joy directly by doing this thing or avoiding that thing. Cultivating joy means dedicating yourself to a life of meaningfulness, intimacy, and virtue, whether things are going good or bad right now. Okay, so that sounds great in theory. But let's unpack that for you. What are those challenges that are stealing your joy? Whether you're experiencing a particular problem in your life or your relationships, or stress or worry is getting you down in general. Maybe you just want to be a more joyful person and you're listening to this and thinking, well, yeah, okay, meaningfulness, intimacy, and virtue, blah, blah, blah. That, that sounds great, but I don't know what to do about that in my life. Well, we're here for that. We want to help you with it. Mm -hmm. Or maybe you're wondering how to help somebody you care about be a more joyful person either because you just love them and you want them to be more joyful, or they're just dragging you down with their negativity. <laughs> either way, we want to help you break through the barriers that are coming between you and the joyful life God wants each of us to live. So give us a call. That number is 877-573-7825. Again, the number, 877-573-7825. Of course, if you are listening to the More to Life podcast, you can always shoot your questions to us via email. That address is questions at moretoliferadio.com. Questions at moretoliferadio.com. But we'd love to hear your voice, so give us a call. Again, the number 877-573-7825. Let's take our concerns to the Lord, and then we'll start taking your questions about joy. In the name of the Father, Father and the, the Son, Son, and the, the Holy, Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Amen. Lord Jesus Christ, we come into your presence and we bring to you all those situations that undermine our joy, that, that steal our joy, those challenges in our life and relationships that cause us to worry and fret and be frustrated and feel like we're struggling. All of us want to be more joyful, but it's so hard, Lord, to hold on to that in the middle of all the things we have to face and go through. Help us in the middle of all of those challenges to pursue greater meaningfulness, intimacy, and virtue so that we can be more joyful even in the middle of the trials. Help us to look for ways to make a positive difference in the situation or the lives of those around us. Help us to use our circumstances, good and bad, to draw closer to you and the people that you've placed in our lives. And help us to look at everything we go through, good and bad, as an opportunity to grow and learn and become more of the whole, healed, godly, grace-filled people you created us to be. Help us to pursue joy by leading lives of meaningfulness, intimacy, and virtue in all the things we go through. We ask all of this through the intercession of the Blessed Virgin Mary, and in the name in of the, the Father, Father, the, the Son, Son, and, and the Holy, Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Pope St. John Paul the Great. Pray for us. Today on More to Life, the pursuit of happiness. Are problems stealing your joy? 
We want to help you discover the path to a more abundant life. So whether you would like to find ways to be a more joyful person, or you care about somebody that you'd like to help be more joyful in some way, we want to help you clear out those obstacles, overcome the barriers that stand between you and the joyful life God wants for all of his children. The number, 877-573-7825. Well, Greg, we got a message from Maria, who's listening to EWTN Radio in Michigan on Ave Maria Radio. She said she had to send it because she was about to run out to do things for her kids. And she said, I'll be listening on the radio. I'm I'm a busy mom of three, very active on several service committees. I do feel my life is meaningful and connected, but sometimes I'm just desperate to be alone. Not permanently, just have silence and spending time on things I like to do alone. Spending time outside, reading, etc. But if I choose to do that, is that wrong or will I damage my joy because I don't want to be connected to everyone and building relationship every second? Is that just selfish or lacking in virtue? Uh, and that's Maria. Yeah, Maria, thank you for the question. And, uh, you know, no, it's not, it's not selfish. You know, everything in moderation, right? And um, it's, it's, a question of, it's a question of the balance that we have. You know, if we push everybody away and say, I'm going to do my thing all the time, then, well, sure, we're being selfish. Um, but if we pursue those times alone, those times to do the things that are important to us so that we can give more of ourselves to others and give more authentically and more generously, then that's a really healthy thing. I mean, even Jesus took time to, to be alone with his thoughts and to be alone with his father. Um, he, he would go out on the boat in the middle of the lake. Somebody could bother him, you know, yeah, he would <laughs> and, disappear from their midst. He walked through the wheat fields and, and was picking, you know, grains of wheat with his, his disciples. And people got mad at him because it was happening on the Sabbath. But he was like, it was nice to just be out on a walk. It wasn't, you know, the Sabbath was, Sabbath made, for was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. And we, you know, one of our huge patrons here on More to Life is St. John Paul II. And he constantly made sure, and this was a man who lived a very, you know, very simple life. Like there are stories about how his friends had to steal his razor to replace it with a new one because they were afraid he was going to hurt himself because it was so old and so dull. And so, you know, he was not a guy who was like, yes, we need to do all the like worldly things. But he would go on ski trips. He would go for walks in the woods. He would do fun. He would write poetry. He would. He took time to nourish himself and experience fun and experience. You know, you're saying you want to get outside, experiencing nature. We can't hear the promptings of the Holy Spirit and let the Holy Spirit fill us up as deeply as the Holy Spirit wants to, if we don't have times of refreshment and quiet and connection with him. And we can't just, you know, it's such a cliche, but we really can't keep pouring out what we don't end up filling up in ourselves and having to pour out. We need to do that. The one thing that I would, I would, I would uh, say is that um, don't fall into the trap of thinking, like a lot of people do, that the only time they can relax is when they're away from everybody. Mm. Um, because the problem with that is that, and actually there's research behind this, that, that says that the people who believe that they can only relax or, or, or be happy when they get away from everybody and everything, um, they, they, they see diminishing returns on that. 
you know, you need more and more and more of that time to get less and less and less happiness and relief. That's very Because every time you leave it, you come back and you feel this sense of dread, right? Mm. Oh, gosh, I was, I was so happy five minutes ago when I was reading, but now I have to deal with all this. It's a and little like the vacation syndrome. Exactly. Yeah, it's a, it's a separation from everything. So if that's the case, then what you really want to be looking at there is how are you approaching the work that you're doing? How are you approaching the way you're being a mom? How do you approach the way you're taking care of the house or doing the job that you're doing or whatever it is? You know, is, is there a way to approach that work or role in a manner that would give you more joy uh, because you, you, you don't want to just feel like, well, there's when I'm on and being drained by everybody and drained by all the things, and then there's when I'm by myself when I can finally be happy. Because if you fall into that trap, you'll become less and less and less happy, even if you take more and more and more time to yourself. And I think that it's important, Maria, to really um, learn how to kind of keep a pulse uh, or a, a you know a guide on a, on your pulse of emotional temperature here, and how you are actually feeling. Because if you're on all these committees, but you're dreading them, it's all about the other people all the time, and you don't bring the part of yourself that is joyful and is about you um, to all this. Or you don't you know if you're in the middle of you know doing some service project for the church, and you start to feel exhausted by it are you taking that 10 minutes to say hey guys i'll be back in 10 minutes i just you know need a breath or i'm you know excuse yourself to the restroom and breathe or do whatever you need to do just to kind of recalibrate yourself so that you're not just pouring out like a fire hose you're able to to just tune it down enough to yeah i will pour out to everybody but at a calmer steadier pace for myself yeah and and you know just you know, last point on this um th- there are a lot of families that that uh, that feel kind of obliged to you know th- they feel like the only time that they're really serving the lord is when they're volunteering at the parish or mm-hmm. doing the things one of the things we talk a lot about at catholic home if you go to catholichom.com you get a lot of support on this that 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 building your domestic church is the most important ministry that you can do and that's not just a nice thing to say that's actually church teaching you know, we, if, if we're if we're not giving the best of ourselves to our to our marriage and family life and, and building our, our warm, faith-filled, loving, joyful home, uh, because we're so busy running around, quote unquote, serving the Lord or serving the church, we're missing the point. That's not what God wants us to do. He wants us to really create warm, loving domestic churches first, and whatever we have left over, we can give to the community or the or the parish. Um, it's not the other way around. The the way we live out our Christian life as as married people with kids is really taking care of that marriage and family life first and most. So make sure that you know those other things that you're doing um, are really being uh, filling that cup right so that you can be more generous at home if 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 you're just if it's just one more busy thing to do then you know maybe look at scaling back on some of those commitments as well all right we got to go to break but when we come back we're continuing to take your calls about the pursuit of happiness what is stealing your joy are you experiencing particular problems in your life or relationships maybe stress or worry is just getting you down in general And you wish you could just be a more joyful person, but you're not even sure what the next steps might be in your particular circumstances. For that matter, maybe you're wondering how you could help someone you care about be a little more joyful. Whatever the situation is, we want to help you break through those barriers that are coming between you and the joyful life God wants for you. Give us a call. It's 877-573-7825. Again, that number, 877-573-7825. 25. More to Life will continue with your calls. We'll also be joined by Rachel Watkins. She is the developer of the Little Flowers Girls Club and mom of 11. She's going to be sharing with us 
some tips on how to be a more joyful mom. Stick around for that and a whole lot more when More to Life continues after the break. This program is brought to you in part by Charity Mobile, a proud partner of Ave Maria Radio for over 15 years. Charity Mobile is the pro-life cell phone company and has sent nearly $2 million to thousands of pro-life charities. 4G LTE coverage is available nationwide, and 5% of your monthly plan price goes to your favorite pro-life charity. A video introduction is available at CharityMobile.com. Charity Mobile, everyday living, effortless giving. CharityMobile.com. It's been nine presidential elections that I've been on the air, and I've been watching Christians engage the culture around us. In almost every campaign year, candidates urge us to take back America. This is about as tired a phrase as you can find. And yet, with each election, the command to take back America reappears. We seem to think that America's problem that we have to correct is go back to a different idea of the budget or a different foreign policy or new regulatory reform. I'd argue that America's biggest problem is this act of idolatry that has allowed us to turn the emphasis on ordered liberty into a preoccupation with personal and individual autonomy. I'd go further and say that any attempt to take back America or make America great again that does not attack the idolatry of individual autonomy is doomed to failure. Cresta in the Afternoon, weekdays at 4 Eastern on EWTN Radio. We are the pro-life generation, passionate about building the culture of life in our health care and in our nation. But not all health care options are equally pro-life, and some provide morally objectionable procedures. CMF Curo is different. CMF Curo is a pro-life Catholic health care ministry, providing a pathway for its members to build the culture of life in their health care choices, not destroy it. Learn more about CMF Curo at MyCatholicHealthCare.com. That's MyCatholicHealthCare.com. Thank you for joining us today on More to Life on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. I'm Lisa Popchak. I'm Dr. Greg Popchak, and today's show is titled The Pursuit of Happiness. We're talking about what it takes to lead a more joyful life. And if problems are stealing your joy, we want to help you discover the path to a more abundant life. The number is 877-573-7825. Joining us right now, Rachel Watkins. She is the developer of the Little Flowers Girls Club, Mom of Eleven. Hey, Rachel, welcome to More to Life. Thanks, Greg. Thanks, Lisa. This is my favorite subject. I know it is, and you're so good at it, and you've had so much practice. Rachel, practice. When, when life is just sort of running us over, and we're losing that sense of joy, and it just feels like, oh, it's always going to be this way, what can we do on a daily basis to kind of recalibrate ourselves toward joy? I like, what, I like your phrase, running us over, because that's it. Eleven kids, my illness, Matthew's employment history, etc., more than enough times I felt my joy just being sucked away, that life was taking my joy instead of giving it. And what Matt and I needed to learn to do was to stop, which is hard to do when you're raising kids, driving around, but we have to stop. And I want us all this weekend to read Psalm 25, where we say, Great is your faithfulness, Lord, and remember it. Matt and I had forgotten in the midst of all of the bad news, that God has given our family so much more good news. 
We have miracles, both large and small, that have happened in our family, to people we know, to the world as a whole. But if we don't write it down, if we don't keep a gratitude journal or a poster on the refrigerator or lipstick on the mirror, we will forget in the midst of the illness or the bad news or whatever that we've ever had anything good to celebrate. So make yourself a miracle box or a memory journal or a photo album of all the good you've had happen in your life, from being Catholic to finding each other to getting married to having babies, that God is good and he will hold us through this dark moment until we can get to another day of sunshine. And and really, you know, it can be those small notes to yourself, like you said, anything on the bathroom mirror. But keeping that long view is so important. I know the other day I was looking for a picture to post to congratulate one of our kids on their aniver- wedding anniversary. And so I started going through my photos on my phone. And there were so many big and little things that I had taken pictures of, of course, never printed out that just came back to me and said, oh, I, f- I forgot about that. That was fun, or yeah. that was really a blessing, or what a beautiful sunset I took a picture of, or whatever those things were. And it brings back that sense of those moments of God providing and doing for us that let us know he loves us, right? And that's really what you're talking about, connecting with God's love and provision. So if we haven't done this already, how do we begin to go back and look at those things you know, without having written it all down. Start writing it. Talk to your spouse. Talk to your kids. Do you want it visible for everyone to see? Is it a poster board you're going to put up on the wall of your dining room, perhaps? You know, chalkboard, something. And go back to what memories do we have? And write those down. And then begin the habit of ending your family's prayer time with Today, I'm grateful for. You can do it at dinner, after, you know, at the end of a meal before everyone runs off to the next activity going, you know what I'm grateful for? And it can be something small. For my kids, it's I saw a dog. They really want us to get another dog. We're not getting another <laughs> dog. So whenever they see a dog, they'll mention that. Is it Matthew will say, good train ride home? Saying that Yeah, it's the little things, yeah. Brings yeah. Gratitude Rachel, thank you so much. Thank you so much for reminding us to ground ourselves in those blessings and really remember all the ways that God is taking care of us. We are taking your calls at 877-573-7825. Today's show is titled The Pursuit of Happiness. Are problems stealing your joy? Whether it's a challenge in your life or your relationships, we want to help you overcome those difficulties that are standing between you and the more joyful life that you'd like to lead. 877 573-7825. That's 877-573-7825. Back with your calls in just a minute. Catholic Connection with Teresa Tomio. I often have people ask me, aren't you scared when you talk about the issues such as abortion or uh, all the different ideologies, especially the gender ideology? I say, I'm scared of what I don't say if I'm not using this platform that God gave me wisely. And well, if I'm not sharing information with people, if I'm not sharing the truth of the Catholic faith, I'm going to be held accountable, as is any one of us who has a platform. And we all have a platform. The sizes and the extent are different. But every single person, especially if you have a computer and if you have a Facebook page or a Twitter account, you have a platform. And so we're all responsible to evangelize. And we make be fearful. 
but we move through that fear with trust that God is with us. He tells us he will give us the words. Catholic Connections, Teresa Tomio. Weekdays, 9 a.m. Eastern on EWTN Radio. Dr. Ray Garendi. What's the definition of frustration? Frustration is the difference between the way it is and the way you want it to be. It's hard to change the way it is. The way it is sometimes is other people, life, circumstances. The way you want it to be is in your power to change. You can close the gap between reality and what you want. The smaller that gap, the less your frustration. It is always easier to change oneself than to change reality. Frustration isn't always what happens out there. It is how we look at what happens out there. Hi, I'm Dr. Greg Popchak. When kids misbehave, it's common for parents to ask how they can stop the bad behavior. Usually the answer is some form of punishment. But punishment isn't a silver bullet. Sure, it might stop misbehavior for now, but it's not very effective in the long term. That's because it doesn't help kids heal the harm they've caused, and it doesn't give them the tools they need to handle things differently the next time. St. John Bosco had a better approach to discipline. He viewed discipline as a teaching opportunity, not a control problem. In his approach, parents coach kids through the process of healing the harm their behavior caused. And next, they help kids learn the skills and strategies they need to do better next time. St. Bosco's approach is called discipleship discipline because it treats kids as disciples or learners. It also reminds us of the loving way Jesus taught his own disciples. Discipleship discipline frees parents from being referees, constantly imposing penalties. Instead, parents coach kids through the hard work of improving their game. Discipleship discipline recognizes that parents and kids are really on the same team. To learn more about discipleship discipline, check out our book, Parenting Your Kids with Grace, or visit catholichom.com. We're so glad to be with you today on More to Life on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. I'm Lisa Popchak. I'm Dr. Greg Popchak, and today's show is titled The Pursuit of Happiness. As we talk about problems stealing your joy and getting in the way of leading a more joyful life, give us a call at 877-573-7825. Again, that number is 877-573-7825. If you're listening to the More to Life podcast, you can also send your questions to us via email. That address is questions at moretoliferadio.com. That's with the number two, questions at more2liferadio.com. We love hearing your voice, so give us a holler at 877-573-7825. This is from Sharon, who's listening to EWTN Radio in Pennsylvania. And she said, my husband is not a very joyful person, and it makes me sad. I would love for him to be more joyful, and I would love for our family to not be affected by how he behaves. He wants everything his way, from how the towels are folded 
to the daily schedule of every family member, even how holidays should go. This really affected us in the last few weeks. How we dress for the holidays, what we eat, how every relative should interact. We really noticed it this holiday season, and it's starting to really bring us down. If he doesn't get the discussed results, so apparently they're discussing it beforehand, and everyone's praise for his plans, he gets cranky, sullen, and critical. It's draining me and my kids so much. Can I do anything to make him a calmer, more joyful person? And that's from Shannon in Pennsylvania. Shannon, thank you so much for the question. Um, What you're describing, I mean, we all have our preferences, right? And and, uh, there's nothing wrong with that. Um, And we all can get disappointed if things don't go the way we were expecting. But... The level of preference that you're describing here um, sounds a lot like something called um, obsessive-compulsive personality disorder. Mm. Now Uh, explain the difference between that and what people think of as obsessive-compulsive, which is, you know, kind of that hand-washing or constantly cleaning up or needing to do something repetitively. This is different? Yeah, that's a different thing. So so obsessive-compulsive disorder is when you have um, somebody who, like you were saying, is is kind of focused on washing hands over and over again or, or checking things over and over again or engaging in kind of repetitive compulsive behaviors. Uh, that's different from an obsessive compulsive personality disorder. Somebody with an obsessive compulsive personality has a way of doing everything. There's only one right way to do everything, and if you don't do it that way, there's going there're going to be consequences. They they're going to punish you in some way. They're going to let you know that you've let them down, that you've failed, that you, you know, are doing it all wrong. Um and and it's and it tends to be um, the most important thing, even more important than relationship, uh, even more important than their own happiness. And they're constantly making themselves miserable because, of course, they, um, they can't, you can't make other people do exactly what you want them to do. But the person with an obsessive-compulsive personality isn't happy unless they can make everybody perform exactly to their standards or meet their expectations perfectly. Uh, and so it's really um, a nightmare for the person who's struggling with that personality type. Uh, and for everybody around them, because they they come off as very controlling, uh, very angry, very demanding, uh, and it's and it goes way beyond just being perfectionistic. It's 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 almost like you don't have a right to be your own person mm-hmm. or live your own life. You you have to just be my puppet and do exactly what I say, how I say it, and when. Um, so the reason I'm saying this is because this is not something you can handle on your own. This is definitely something you need to seek professional help with. Uh, if your husband refuses to go, which he very well might, it's going to be important for you to to go individually at least to start learning how you can set effective boundaries with this behavior, so that you can thwart him charitably, <laughs> thwart him enough that it makes him more frustrated that that he would want to join you in in, in addressing this, um, and because he needs to do some deep work here um, to learn how to let other people be themselves. Um, you know, the people with obsessive compulsive personality disorders often grow up in households where it wasn't safe to let other people be themselves. That uh, that when other people were themselves, they got hurt, or they felt diminished in some way, or controlled in some way, uh, and so they learned to feel safe by 
becoming obsessively controlling of their environment. I don't know if that's true of your husband or not, but whatever the cause of his behavior, as I said, you know, what you're describing goes way beyond um, just somebody having preferences or liking things to be a certain way. This has gone to the point where, you know, he can't enjoy himself. You can't enjoy being around him. You all aren't allowed to really be your own selves. And so it's really very, very important to seek professional help for um, to, to, for setting appropriate boundaries that will bring your husband to the place where he's willing to look at this. I want to thank you so much for the question. We've added your family to our More to Life prayer list. If there's more we can do to support you uh, in finding faithful answers to how to navigate this as a Catholic mom, uh, we'd love to talk with you at CatholicCounselors.com. And I want to I want to speak to that part for a moment. The fact that you're a mom. This is this is not just about your feelings about your husband's behavior this controlling situation coming from your husband is going to affect your kids for a lifetime you know the idea that they could feel like they could never be good enough or that things have to be in perfect control or there's innumerable ways that this could really affect their mental health and their ability to have relationships so even if you were feeling like, oh, all right, well, it's just me and I'll just keep trying really hard to be a good wife and I'll do these things. That, there's no way you could, first of all, ever be a, in big quotes here, a good enough wife to suddenly make him happy because this goes way beyond that kind of thing. But you do need to find your strength to be able to start helping him heal this and making boundaries and getting the help you need for your kid's sake. It, even if he's he's been so controlling that you don't feel like it's worth doing it for yourself, you've got children that really need you to do this for them so that they can grow up to live a healthy, balanced life and healthy, balanced relationships. So if you can't find the strength in yourself to do it, do it for them. All right, thank you so much for the, the question, Shannon. If there's more we can do to support you, don't hesitate to reach out to us here or through CatholicCounselors.com. We are talking today about happiness on our show titled The Pursuit of Happiness. Are problems stealing your joy? Whatever the situation is, if it's undermining your peace, stealing your joy, making it hard for you to be the person you'd like to be, we want to help you get those obstacles out of the way. So tell us, you know, is there a particular problem in your life or relationships that's making it hard for you to be that joyful person you'd like to be? Or is stress or worry getting you down in general? Maybe you are wondering how you could help someone you care about be more joyful. We want to help you break through those barriers coming between you and the joyful life that God would like you to live, that we want all of his children to live. So give us a call. The number is 877-573-7825. Again, that's 877-573-7825. As we head out to our break, it's time for our scripture of the day, which comes to us from John chapter 15, verse 11. These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may be in you, and that your joy may be full. And again, this goes to the idea that God does want us to be joyful. Joy is a fruit of the Holy Spirit. Jesus came to teach us how to be joyful in good times and in bad. And as we were saying earlier in the program, you know, joy is different than happiness, but they are related. I mean, it's not that I'm miserable but joyful somehow. It's that I'm going through a hard time, but because I'm learning, I'm leaning into the meaningfulness, intimacy, and virtue that Jesus came to teach us how to live, that I'm able to see the bigger picture, 
I'm able to see where I've been, where I am, and where I'm going, and how it's all part of God's plan. And that allows me to be joyful, even in difficult times. Uh, That's nice to say. It's another thing to actually live it out. So let's talk about what that would mean for you in your circumstances. Give us a call at 877-573-7825. Again, that number is 877-573-7825. Let's talk about removing those obstacles to joy in your life and help you lead that more joyful and abundant life that that God wants for all of his children. 877-573-7825. More to Life will continue with your calls about being joyful when we come back after the break. Stick around. Would you get on a plane that doesn't have a pilot? Investing in passive index mutual funds may present the same issue. The Ave Maria mutual funds are actively managed by seasoned investment professionals to help you meet your investment goals in a morally responsible way. Ave Maria funds are managed to conform to pro-life and pro-family values. Long-term investors could invest in the no-load Ave Maria mutual fund. You can learn more about the Ave Maria mutual funds at 866-AVE-MARIA or visit AveMariaFunds.com. Father Benedict Groeschel. I don't think people should have negative fears of God, but I think you should get a lump in your throat. You should feel excited. Suppose I was going to take you and introduce you to the Pope or to the President of some country or something. You might get a little lump in your throat. Forget it. Every day, you, I, live and move and have our being in the presence of God. These are the class of feelings we should have, and we should have them to an intense degree if we really had the sight of Almighty God. These feelings are the feelings which we shall have if we realize His presence. And in proportion, as we believe that He is present, we shall have them. And not to have them is not to realize, not to believe that God is present to us. EWTN. Live Truth. Live Catholic. Hello, Steve Ray here. Everything in the Bible and in the Catholic Church starts with the book of Genesis. It reveals to us God's plan for mankind. Yet Genesis can be daunting, especially given the scientific discoveries of the last few centuries. Well, that's where I come in with my new book, Genesis, a Bible study guide and commentary. Discover a thoroughly Catholic approach to this exciting and dramatic ancient narrative that is so often misunderstood. You can get the book now on the store page at AveMariaRadio.net. Check it out. Want more tips for living a more joyful, abundant life through the gift of the theology of the body? Well, and follow us on Facebook at More to Life with Dr. Greg and Lisa, and on Twitter and Instagram at Catholic Counselors. We'll see you there. So good to be with you today on More to Life on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. I'm Lisa Popchak. I'm Dr. Greg Popchak, and today's show is titled The Pursuit of Happiness, as we talk about those problems that come between us and the joyful life that God wants all of his children to live. If you are experiencing challenges that are stealing your joy, or you're in a relationship with someone you care about that you'd like to help be more joyful, we're here for you. The number, 877-573-7825. Again, that number is 877-573-7825. 7825. We're talking now with Erica, who's listening to EWTN Radio in Dallas on the Ave Maria Radio app. Hi, Erica. Welcome to More to Life. Hi. Good morning. Thank you for taking my call. Sure thing. Um, I'm calling in regards 
to my son. He's 16, and he's been diagnosed with depression. He is supposed to be taking medication, um, but he's he's very defiant. He does not want to take the medication some days, and when I try to enforce, um, you know, try to get him to do better, or if, if I if I take the phone away, he gets very angry. Um, there's just over the last couple of years, there's been changes in our life, and he just seems to be going. What kind of down. changes, Erica? Well, for example, we, we we moved here about four years ago. We've had um, three more babies. It, I first had, you know, it was he's my second child. So then we had three. We have three older ones, and then we had three younger ones when we after we moved here. Um, in so the last four years, you of, say. Yes, in the last yes, in the last four years. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> so he's when he was younger, he was he did seem very uh, shy. He was a very shy kid, but as he's getting older, he just seems to be more. Uh, he he doesn't seem to find happiness in much of the yeah. things that so we. So Erica, let me ask you a question. Family. Uh-huh. Let me ask you. You mentioned that he's on medication. Um, is he in yes. counseling? Yes. And, and how how often does he go for counseling? Twice a week. No, he goes I'm twice sorry. a week. Every two weeks. Every two weeks. Oh, every two weeks. And does he go alone, or is this the, is the family? Are you and your spouse involved in this? Uh, no, he goes in alone. He's, I take him, but he goes alone. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. So. Um, a couple of things. I mean, first of all, um, you know, the most it is important that he take his medication. I understand that he's resisting that, um, and I understand that you know, he, he, teenagers generally speaking aren't great at doing therapy on their own or taking their medications. The, the, no teenager wants to feel like they're broken. I mean, nobody does, right? But especially teenagers, that's especially sensitive for them. Uh, and so the reminder that there's something wrong with me is, is and I have to take a pill for it is really hard. Um, I, but, you know, so you, I expected him to, to be angry about that, but you can't let that put you off. Um, you, you need to make sure that he's participating fully with his treatment and the medication, um, whatever it takes, right? And whatever, whatever you have to do to make that happen. But the more important thing because actually, um, all the research really shows that, that the best treatment for, psycho, uh, for, for depression is, is medication and psychotherapy. And, in, and for teenagers, the best approach in therapy is, is family therapy. Uh, because you might think, well, he's 16, right? I mean, he's, he's getting ready to leave in a couple of years. He should be able to manage his own stuff. Yes, but the reality is um, teenagers don't tend to do a very good job reporting uh, problems in therapy. They tend to minimize or talk about other things other than the real stuff. They're even worse at following through with therapy homework. Um, and, 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 you know, and so therapy really should be helping mom and dad learn how to deal more effectively with their child and whatever the family dynamics might be that, that could help their son do a better job. So step one, I'd really encourage you to reach out to your son's therapist and, and let them know that you would like to be part of their treatment. Um, and, and if they, they don't know how to do that, then find a good family therapist in your area who could help all of you work together on addressing this problem because he's not going to be able to solve it on his own. Well, and the other thing, and I've seen this with many, many, many teenagers over the years, 
the non-compliance with taking the medication is a statement. It's often a statement that says, there's something in my family dynamic that isn't working for me. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with your family, but something about it's not working for him. And by putting me on medication, everybody's saying it's my fault and making me a project instead of supporting me, showing me they love me, and helping me figure out how to make this family work in a way that works for me. So you're really, by saying, we're going to do family therapy, whether you can have him in, in individual therapy and family therapy, or just keep go to family therapy because you'll work out all this stuff with him there. That is a way to say, I love you. I'm invested in your well-being. Even if you feel like there are things that need to change, we can work that out in a way that works for all of us. So please, Erica, that is the first and most important step in helping him. Yeah, he doesn't want to be identified as the problem. He's sending the message to you that, look, guys, this is bigger than just me. Uh, and that's what he's really saying by not wanting to take the meds. So uh, I would really encourage you to reach, uh, as soon as you're done here, reach out to your son's therapist and say, I'd really like to either be joining him in counseling with you, or I'd like to get your help in finding a family therapist that we could all work with. Because that's really the best treatment for uh, teenagers, especially, who are dealing with these kinds of issues. Erica, thank you so much for the call. If there's more we can do for you, don't hesitate to reach out to us here on the show. And with that, let's go to Stacy, who's listening to EWTN Radio in, in Indiana on Sirius XM 130. Hi, Stacy. Welcome to More to Life. What's your question for us? Stacy, are you there? I can oh, hear yes. your car. I'm sorry. I can't hear you. There you go. Hi, Stacy. What's up? Yeah, it's sort of hard to hear. Yes. What can we do for you today? So my uh, my family and I are um, we. My husband and I have both recently changed jobs. We we have felt like we are in the trenches. Um, we actually decided uh, to change our our jobs because they were just so much on our family, and um, we both are involved. We're teachers with extracurricular activities and things like that, and so we've changed to jobs that have less after-school obligations um, because we really feel like we have three little ones under the age of seven, and mm. um, and two full-time city jobs that we wanted to prioritize our family. Uh, so let me ask, what's your question? Because we've we only got about five minutes before they play us out of here. So what, uh, what, how can we help you out today? I feel like we just need, we, we're we chasing initiatives. So we, we, we've tried reading, you know, things, and we've got a lot of advice. But we feel like we do something and we struggle to get that started or follow through to get it done, whether that be, like, we're going to work as a family to, you know, clean the house or just any, any, any goal or a better discipline technique um, and how we can actually jump in and chase that and be successful at it. So what I'm, what I'm hearing you say, and, and, and clarify if, I, if I'm wrong about this, what, is that you're having a hard time establishing good routines and rituals in your family? I don't think we're very good at that. We'd like to be. I just don't think either of us are very good at to follow through to make it happen. Okay. Okay. So, um, you know, the, the and that's going to 
be, be a step-by-step kind of a thing, right? You know, you, you, that doesn't happen overnight, that you establish good routines and rituals, but that's kind of the key to making everything work. You want to think about routines as the, 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 the current. When I say current, I mean electrical current. I mean like river that runs through your family and kind of carries everybody along. The more routines you have, in, in other words, you know, a, a, bed, a, a morning routine, a bedtime routine, where you kind of, everybody does the same things at the same time every day in that certain way. The more you have those routines, it sets up that, that river that runs through your household and just sort of carries everybody along along the expectations that, that everybody just knows this is what happens. You, you don't even think to question it because this is just what we do every day. But you have to build those baby step by baby step, one little thing at a time. So pick the time of the day that you think you can work on a practice the most. We're all going to clean up the dishes together after dinner and you make that a practice every day till it starts to feel completely normal yeah, pick one small thing don't 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 do all of the things yeah pick, pick one small thing so that's where we drown not even the thing that would necessarily be most helpful start with the thing that you think that you're most able to do right you know the smallest thing that you could make happen every day and then stick to that for a good week or two before you can you know, like move on with that and just make it happen come hell or high water uh, because that you know that's that's the way you build that ability to keep up those routines, and then you move on to something else. You know, um, whether that's a morning establishing a morning routine or a bedtime routine or whatever it is, but you start with one small thing. Even if you can't do an entire bedtime routine, maybe you say, you know, at the very least, every night we're going to have a small prayer time for five minutes, right? Or every night we're going to have a, a, a story time. For you know, for five minutes, you know, and it's something that you get. It's, it's a routine. It's a tiny thing that you create, and you do it every night, no matter what. And and it's you know, and you just get in the habit of trying to create these things, and then um, build the rest of your life around it. Because what what a lot of families do now is they've lost any sense of ritual or routine because we're always so busy, and there's always something else to do. So we try to cram family life in between. You know, and then the house, like, you know, we let the, the house go for a couple of weeks, and then all of a sudden it's a crisis. We all have to go clean the house right now. Yeah, or, or even taking too big a thing. We're going to clean the whole house every Saturday, and then there's no joy, there's no fun, there's no connection. It becomes overwhelming. Nobody wants to do it, so we let it go. But So I want you to really, you know, I, I realize that the, you're, you're saying that the problem is follow-through, but it's probably more... Um, Habit building that's needed, you know? And yeah, so so the 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 point there is that the reason you're struggling with the follow through is that your expectations are too big, and you're trying to focus on 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 goals that are too big. Start as small as you could possibly think. You know, we could guarantee that you know no matter how crazy busy we are, we could make this happen every day, and then make it happen every day, even if it's not the right time. Like let's say let's say you decide to do that story every night or that prayer every night or or both. You know, and you say, "Oh gosh, you know, it's it's we got home and it's eleven o'clock at night, and the kids should have been in bed three hours ago." It's like, make it happen anyway. It doesn't matter, right? That extra five minutes isn't going to be that big a deal one way or the other, but it is going to establish that routine that you that, that allows everybody to kind of be carried through. When you don't have those routines, you're always bickering about everything because it's always last minute and nobody expects to have to do it. And then there's a lot of whining from the kids. Why do we have to do it now? And and you guys get all stressed and tense because you're trying to make the kids do this and you know, and you have 30 seconds to get it done. So the more you're able to start as small as you can to begin building those routines, that's the key. I'm going to turn you on to a resource. Come on over to CatholicHOM.com or download the Catholic HOM app. First month's free, and we're going to give you a lot of support for creating these kinds of routines and building this kind of uh, loving 
faithful, peaceful Catholic household uh, that really lets you all be a better team. Uh, we, we provide pastoral support there. My whole team of pastoral counselors is on the app. You get tons of resources and a great community of other families who are dealing with the same kinds of things and are happy to share their struggles and share their support as well. Download the app today, Catholic HOM, or go to CatholicHOM.com to learn more. Stacy, thank you so much for the call. And listeners, if you'd like more support in being a happier, more joyful person, Reach out to us at CatholicCounselors.com to learn more about the pastoral telecounseling practice where you can work with a faithful, professional Catholic counselor to transform your marriage, family, or personal life. Learn more at CatholicCounselors.com. Have a blessed day. You've been listening to More to Life with Dr. Greg and Lisa Popchek. More to Life is a co-production of Ave Maria Radio and EWTN Radio and is carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. Our producer is Dan McGraw. For copies of this program or for more information, visit AveMariaRadio.net.